right, get out your Bibles this morning and go to your Old Testament to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 14. We're going to take a little glimpse at the life of Samson this morning. Judges chapter 14. And we'll be reading the first seven verses. Judges 14, 1 through 7. Let's all stand together if you would. You read along silently as I read aloud, beginning in, in uh, Judges chapter 14, verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath, the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. And his father and his mother said unto him, it is, is, is there never a woman uh, among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to, to, uh, to, to, uh, to Timnath and came to the vineyards of, of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with a woman, and she pleased Samson well. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we come to your word, may we come to your word with a, a reverent spirit, an open heart, a heart that... Uh, wants you to speak to us. God, we pray that uh, you would take the word of God and as you so adeptly do, uh, apply it to our hearts by the spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you would meet needs this morning and, and Lord, if there's anyone within the sound of my voice, whether it be here in person or online, that uh, has never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Truth of the matter is, if they were to die today, they die and go straight to hell because their soul has not been taken care of. Their sins have not been forgiven. They don't have that absolute assurance. I pray that today would be the day that they would decide that they need to take care of the most important thing in their life, and that's the salvation of their soul. We pray, Lord, for, for others that are already saved, that you would speak to their hearts through the life of Samson. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you would guide and direct and give me the, the power and the wisdom. Uh, give, give me the, the strength to preach and the soundness of mind. Lord, may I not say things that would displease you, but would please and honor you in all things. We pray, Father, that you would... Guide and direct now and speak to our hearts. And as you speak to us, may we say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. 
Judges is a book that I think as, as a 21st century Americans, we can, we can really uh, relate to because the theme of the book is found in Judges 21 and verse 25 where it says that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. In other words, truth was relative as far as they were concerned. Uh, they, they did those things that were right in their own eyes, not necessarily what would please and honor the Lord. Uh, even, even Samson was, uh, was a man who God used as a judge, and he rose him up, and he gave him power, and he gave him authority, uh, and he did that which God wanted him to do. He did, just didn't always do it God's way. And uh, uh, God wanted him to, to, uh, to be used of him to uh, bring forth righteousness in, in uh, uh, Israel and particularly in the area of judgment. And he did that. He just didn't always follow the right avenues in which to do so. But there is something that, that is very, very clear, particularly in the New Testament, and that is that Samson believed God. Now, Samson was a mess in some ways, and we're going to be looking at those ways that, that brought him downward. In fact, the title of the message this morning is Five Steps, Five Steps Downward to Failure. Uh, and that's, those are the steps that, that Samson took. And yet, he did, he did have a belief and a trust in God, and, and so much so that he is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, and verse 32, it doesn't go into any detail, but it just, it just says that Samson was someone who had faith in God. Uh, God used Samson more in spite of his attitudes than he did because of his attitudes. But there are, there are five particular steps that we'll see. And if you notice, if you go backwards a little bit in Judges to chapter 13, you look at verses 24 and 25, it says, And the woman bare, that's his mother, bare a son, call, call, called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtael. Um, from there, God immediately moves to his at least later teen years, for sure, and possibly early 20s, when he is a young man and he's, he's looking for a wife. And there is a word that, that shows up, it seems like over and over and over again, in just those seven verses. I don't know if you noticed it when we, when we read it, but it says he went down, he went down, he went down, he went down. Well, obviously it's talking geographically, but spiritually that was also the case because of these, these five steps that he took. And understand that whenever we take steps that are in the wrong direction, we don't take them all at once. They, they happen incrementally. They happen slowly. They happen individually. And that was the case with Samson. Uh, because he didn't take care of some things, the situation just seemed to get worse and worse and worse and worse until it got to the point where it was, it was beyond repair in his own personal life. In, verse, in chapter 14 and verse 2, it says, And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, uh, get her for me to wife. 
uh, he, he starts out by defying authority. Uh, he did not have a good attitude toward his parents. He had a lack of respect to his mom and dad. Uh, this is not the kind of thing that you would do in Israel. One of the commandments that God gave to the, to the Israelites was to honor thy father and thy mother and obey thy father and thy mother, but particularly honor. You obey your father and mother when you're younger. Uh, when you get older and you get out of the house and you're no longer a child, that honor never stops. And, uh, and, and he had, he had a, a problem uh, with defying their authority and not honoring them properly. He didn't ask his parents to do something. He told his parents to do something. He ordered them to go get him a wife. And the wife that he ordered them to get was one of the heathen women rather than uh, one of the women of, 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 uh, of, of Israel. And uh, because of that, that bothered his father and his mother. And they even brought that up to him. And he totally ignored it. If you look in verse, verse 3, it says, Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy, thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? Uh, and Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. In other words, I want what I want when I want it, and I want it now. And so, so he had a, 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 a wrong attitude toward his parents. You know, the, the, the command is for children to obey their parents, for children to honor their parents. It's not for parents to honor their children. It's not for parents to obey their children. And, and he had that whole thing reversed because of his attitude toward Authority. He did not honor, nor did he obey. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the attitude checks that we need to be taking on a continual basis is what is our attitude toward whatever authorities that God has placed over us? I, I believe this. I, I believe one of the reasons why God places this as one of the first incidents in Samson's life is because not only is this a pivotal incident in his life, but it is a pivotal principle in the lives of, of, of all of us. Uh, your attitude toward authority is going to really uh, cause you to have either a good or a wrong attitude about life, about the Lord, about following his, his, his principles and precepts and, and commands. Uh, your, the, 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 so much hinges on what kind of an attitude do you have about authority? And uh, are, you know, do you look at, at authorities as they, they were placed there for them to serve you? Or do you look at authorities as they were placed there for you to serve them and, and to please them and to honor them? It's a very, very important uh, attitude that we need to have. And in America today, that whole even among Christians, I find that that whole attitude of authority is shot. Uh, the, the whole attitude of respect, one of the, the problems that we have been having 
in our country has been a lack of respect for policemen, lack of respect for firemen, lack of respect for those that are in control and, and uh, are, are the, the lawmakers. Uh, we need to have a proper attitude toward authority. And that will cause the other things to fall into the wrong place. In other words, this is a kind of a pivotal attitude that affects all the others. In verses 8 and 9, we find the second step that Samson made that was a downward step. It says, and after a time, he returned to take her, meaning that wife, that, that girl, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat, but he did not let, did not, but he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. The second step that he made was that he, def he def defiled his body. Now, you need to understand, he ate honey out of the carcass of a dead lion. He was a Nazarite, uh, a Nazarite from the womb. He wasn't just a Nazarite later on in life. His, his mother dedicated him to the Lord with a Nazarite vow. And uh, one, of the, one of the things concerning a Nazarite was that they should not ever defile themselves by touching a de dead body. And he ate honey from the carcass of the lion. Uh, anything that, that comes into your body affects you, whether it be by the mouth, whether it be by the ears, whether it be by the eyes. And uh, uh, that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, after God has just spent... 11 verses explaining salvation and 11, uh, 11 verses, 11 chapters explaining salvation and 11 chapters explaining the doctrine of the fact that, that Jesus was a propitiation for our sins. Then he comes out and says, I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What you do with your body is very, very important to God, and God wants us to present that body as a living sacrifice. Uh, Samson disregarded that, and he defiled his body. So, the Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2 and verse 15, talks about, talks about the little foxes that uh, spoil the vines, and it's, it's not uh, the, the big bears and the, the, the raging lions that spoil the vines. It's the little foxes that get in there. And it's the little things in our lives that we let slip through the cracks because we have not dedicated ourselves and presented our body as a living sacrifice before God. A little compromise. You know, he I'm sure he went past that and says, well, look at that. There's some honey. Uh, it won't hurt me to take a little of this. But again, it shows an attitude that he had. He was very flippant about the things of God. Now again, uh, he did have faith in God. He did believe in God, and he believed that God would give him the strength to do what God had called him to do, and that God had called him to be a judge. But because he was, he was lackadaisical in some areas, 
And I, I, I think uh, today, more than ever before, we have to be vigilant all the time. There are tons of little foxes that are out there that want to come into our life and want to, want to spoil uh, the, the, the productivity that God has for us to be for him. And, and uh, if we're not, we're not careful, we let those little things get in just like, like Samson did. And uh, he opened the door. You, you have to watch what you listen to. You have to watch what you see. You have to be careful uh, about what you take into your body. You have to be careful what you expose yourself to on a day-by-day basis. And I don't have to tell you folks this. We live in a wicked world. And all God's people said, and we do. We live in a wicked world. And it's uh, more outwardly wicked, outwardly, openly wicked today than it was 20, 30 years ago. And you know that. I know that. What that means is we have to be more diligent. Uh, I think the book of Judges so aptly describes, really, the kind of atmosphere that we're living in today. It says every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Well, we should not live by that. But let me tell you this, you are affected by that. Whether you live by that or not, you are definitely affected by that because while other people are doing that which is right in their own eyes, you're in that atmosphere. And because of that, you need to be absolutely diligent, absolutely vigilant, uh, being careful about what you allow your body to come in contact with. And then the, the, the third step that he makes, if you look with me in chapter 15, and look down in verses 6 through 8, it says, Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the, the, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Etam. He disregarded here God's warning. Uh, the Philistines had gone and, and they, had, they had burnt his wife and burnt his wife's father. Uh, they were sending him a warning sign. And God does this. God sends warnings. Uh, his response to that whole thing was, I will be avenged. Well, you're stepping in the wrong place when you think that vengeance is your responsibility. You're stepping in the wrong place when you think that uh, to be avenged of wrongdoing is something that you need to take care of. Bible says very, very plain, plainly and very, very clearly, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. If you try to get vengeance on someone who has done you dirt, then just the opposite will take place. You're standing in a place that does not belong to you. Um, over in Romans chapter 12, where it addresses that whole subject, the end of the chapter, it says, Be not overcome of evil, 
but overcome evil with good. That's exactly, over, being overcome with evil is exactly what ended up have, having, having happened to, to Samson in his life because he stepped into an area that, was, that did not belong to him and that he was not to administrate. Uh, he thought he could beat the warning. Uh, God, God, God warned him and made it clear that there was a problem and he just went right into the thing and said, I'm going to get vengeance on this thing. Um, what I have found, and I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in the lives of others, God sends us warning shots. Uh, he gives us warnings through all different types of, of situations. He warns us through preaching. He warns us through family. Uh, he warns us at church. He warns us through our various authorities that are over us. Uh, he gives us uh, warnings through friends and through circumstances. Um, and through providence, uh, where, where you see the hand of God intervene in a situation. Uh, and, and if we don't pay attention to the warning, we start going down a very, very, uh, very, very shaky road. He thought he could beat it. He thought that he was the exception, but he was not. Keep your finger here and go to Proverbs chapter 29. And I use this verse because I think that the life of Samson is just a very pronounced example of how this verse is fulfilled. Proverbs 29 and verse 1 says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be, be destroyed, and that without Remedy. That was Samson. Because he didn't listen to the reproof, because he didn't listen to the warnings, he ended up in, in some real, real serious trouble. He ended up being in a situation that could not really be turned around. Then the, the next step that he made that was a downward step. Go to chapter 16 with me. Judges 16 and verse 1 says, Then went Samson to Gaza and, there, and, and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. Now, this is the, the famous story of Samson and Delilah. And the next step he made after he defied authority, after he defiled his body, after he disregarded the warnings that God had given to him, he then disobeyed God's word just blatantly. Uh, he knew that he had no business being with a harlot. And yet he went ahead and played with sin. And you can see that because she asked him different times what, uh, what was the secret to his great strength. And he gave different answers. And the answers were false answers. And then she would say, the Philistines are upon you. And he would spring up. You know, with all that going on, he didn't put two and two together. See, when you start playing with sin like that, you lose your common sense. Uh, you, 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 when, when you get down to this point in the steps, uh, you, 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 and you start playing with sin, you start thinking that you can beat the odds. 
the truth of the matter is you're, you're, you're not seeing things as they really are. And there are some obvious things. Many times when I have read through that, I'm thinking, Samson, didn't, and you know, after particularly at least the second and for sure the third time that she pulled this on him, don't you think he would have figured it out? But by then, he was full of vengeance and he was full of pride. And when we allow pride and vengeance and bitterness to well up inside of us, we don't think straight. And it, it didn't start at that volume. It started small. You know, just like, like what we had said before about the little foxes spoiling the vines. It starts small, but it doesn't end small. It starts small, but it doesn't stay small. And it continues to grow. That's why it's, it's so important that whenever we see something, whether it's we see it through preaching, we see it through the Bible reading, we see it through uh, someone who is, says something, God takes that, that, that statement that they make or that circumstance or situation that they give and, and applies it to your heart and says, listen, you know, there's a similar situation like that in your life. You need to take care of this. Uh, you, you, know, you need to take care of it as soon as possible because if you don't, that thing just keeps, continues to grow, continues to grow, and continues to spiral and that's what happened with, with, uh, with, with Samson. He started out with defying authority. And, you know, you look at that all by itself, and you say, well, that's, that's not, it's not right, but it's not huge. Well, then it leads to defiling your body, and then it leads to, in his case, disregarding, disregarding God's warning. And then he gets down here to where he's just, just blatantly uh, violating God's word. And disobedience became a lifestyle with Samson. It became a way of life. And his disobedience caused him to lose everything. He, uh, eventually, he eventually lost, uh, lost his hair. That was representative of, of the dedication that he had for God and his, his Nazarite vow. He lost his strength. He lost the ability that he had to be able to protect Israel like he knew that he had been raised up to do. Um, he lost his light. He lost the eyes. They poked his eyes out, and he became a blind man. And then he, he uh, uh, lost his liberty. They chained him to a millstone, uh, a grinding stone, and he, he ground grain like, a, like an animal. And he lost his testimony. His testimony was gone. His testimony was shot. Um, when you continue to play with disobedience, eventually you lose much. And that's why, it's, again, it's so important that when, whenever God reveals to you that there is a problem in an area, it is imperative that you take care of it immediately. The Bible says that as a Christian, if you're saved, you have, you have that ability to do so immediately. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, God, because of God's faithfulness and because of God's justice, uh, he will immediately cleanse you. But it's up to us to make the first move. I was, I was reading... I was reading this in the Old Testament. I've read it in the New Testament where the, the Bible says that uh, if you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. And there's, there's uh, uh, several different references to that talking about realizing that you're farther away from God than you need to be and you need to get a little bit closer to him. It's not his responsibility to take the first step. It never is. It's our responsibility to take the first step. He took the first step when he, when he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And, and when it came to our redemption, uh, he made sure that the payment was made. All we simply have to do is accept it. If you are here this morning and you don't, you know, you have any doubt in your mind that if you were to die today, you go to heaven, you need to take that the thing and get that thing settled because because God has already done everything that's necessary in order for you to have eternal life in order for you to be saved from an eternity in hell but once you get saved then God says all right now the responsibility and when and when you realize that you're a little bit further away from God than you ought to be you need to make the first move and what God says is draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And that's always the case. He'll always draw nigh to us, but we have to take the first step. That's why it's so important not to play with sin. And he did so and he disobeyed God's word. And then the last step that he made in chapter 16, look down in verses 18 through 20. Chapter 16, verse 18. It says, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she, she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. So he let, it, let her know that one of the reasons why he was strong was because of his Nazarite vow, and he never cut his hair. Verse, verse 20, and she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, and shake myself. Now, this, this, this next sentence, I think, is one of the most, one of the saddest sentences in the Word of God. It says, and he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. He had no clue. He thought, I've got strength. I've always had strength. I always will have strength. I'll just get up and do what I've done in the past. He depended on the past, and that was wrong. God's power was gone, and it was gone, and he didn't even realize that it was gone. And, and the result was that he was destroyed. Look down in verse 21. It says, but the, the Philistines took him 
and put out his eyes, in verse 21, and, and uh, brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven, and he got his, his strength, and he eventually pulled the whole house down uh, when he was brought before the authorities and ended up killing more in his death than he did in his life. But what a way to go, and what a, what a waste of a life. And where it, it ended him up in verse 21, someone aptly put it this way, he was, he was left blinding, binding, and grinding. That's exactly what sin does to us. It blinds us. He did not see it coming. He thought he still had his power, and the power had been gone. It, it, it binds us. Uh, he was put in fetters. He was put in chains. Sin never makes you free. You know, you've heard me, me say so, so often, sin, sin doesn't, doesn't simplify things. It complicates things. And it does, never makes things better. It always makes things worse. Sin is never your friend. It is always your enemy. And uh, in this particular case, it, it, it caused him to lose everything that he had. And then, then just grinding, grinding. Uh, your, your life gets changed because of sin. And the truth of the matter is, he could have responded to any one of those, those steps. The five steps that he, that he took was that he first defi defied authority. He could have respected his parents. He could have rectified that thing, but he didn't. He defiled his body. He could have said no, and he knew he was raised in such a way that uh, he knew what the rules and the regs were as a Nazarite, but he did it anyway. He disregarded the warnings of God. When God showed him that there was going to be more difficulty if he didn't change and that he shouldn't be stepping into that area that didn't belong to him but instead belonged to God, he went ahead and did it anyway. And then he disobeyed God's word. Uh, he just blatantly went in onto a harlot. And, and uh, because he did that, his, his disobedience cost him his freedom. His disobedience cost him eventually his life. And then, then last of all, he depended on the past. You know, he, he thought, well, it's always been this way. It'll always be that way. Now, one of the reasons why sometimes that happens and people, people think that things will never change, is, is, is just simply because of one of the attributes that God has. And that's the attribute of his patience, the attribute of his long-suffering. Uh, he takes time with us. And, you know, th this, all of these steps didn't happen in one day. They happened over a period of time. And God dealt with him and dealt with him and dealt with him and dealt with him and finally said, look, enough is enough. We've got to draw the line here. But, but uh, uh, God was patient. Uh, one of the, the things, in fact, two things in particular that, that I have just seen a lot in my Bible reading lately is the, is the patience of God, and not only the patience of God, but the mercy of God. And over and over and over again, God has been so merciful to us. But understand that what God's doing in those times of patience those times of long-suffering, those times where, where uh, he's being merciful to us, 
understand that he's giving us time. I was talking with someone here just this last week about, about David and how that uh, David uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba and then had her husband killed because she had gotten pregnant. And he didn't want uh, folks to, to, to uh, know that it was somebody else because he was the somebody else. And uh, so uh, he went ahead and he sinned and there was a, a period of time that lapsed such that when, when the prophet, when Nathan the prophet came to him, it was, it was at least nine months later and probably longer than nine months. I would say it would be anywhere from nine months to a year and a half. The baby was born and God said that the baby was going to die. But you look at all of that and you, know, you, you think, well, why did God wait nine months? Because God wanted David to repent before he had to confront him. The truth of the matter is, God works in our hearts and God works in our lives and, and does things to bring things to our attention so that we take care of it before he has to. The Bible says, um, if, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. And that's a, that's a tremendous principle. The mercy of God is, is, is a great and a wonderful thing, but we ought not trample on it. And Samson's life could have been so much more productive and could have been so much of a better life. He never had the chance to have a family. He never had the chance to, uh, to uh, see the fruit of his, of his labors. He died a premature death. But he did so because there were some steps that he took that he did not take care of. Do you see yourself in any of those steps? Defying authority, defiling your body, uh, disregarding God's warning, disobeying God's word, depending on the past. God is righteous. God is merciful. God is long-suffering. And if we take care of it now, he doesn't have to take care of it later. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you for the example of the life of Samson. And Lord, I, I, I pray, Lord, that you get a hold of our attention this morning and help us to, to, to see that uh, if there's someone here that is lost without a Savior, don't know for sure that their sins are forgiven, don't know for sure that if they die today, they go to heaven. Lord, there's some doubt in their mind about that thing. They need to take care of it today. Father, I pray that this would be the day of their salvation, that they wouldn't play with the sin of procrastination, but they would take care of it immediately. Lord, if there's anyone here that finds themselves walking in any of those five steps, Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would confront those things, that they would change those things, that they come to you with a heart of repentance. Father, Please work in this invitation. Have your will and have your way in our hearts. As you speak to our hearts, may we respond and draw nigh to you so that you can draw nigh to us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.